0: Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the second conversation today, looking at research coming out of the Faculty of Arts and Science. We're so pleased that you could join us online and in person. A quick reminder that we are streaming this conversation to YouTube live, so you're able to share it with friends and colleagues after the fact. We're ready to roll here with our host, uh, Patrick LaRue, Associate Dean Uh, of research in the Faculty of Arts and Science. So I'll be passing it off to Patrick and his special guests so that we might learn more about organic contaminants. Exciting.
1: Hi, Patrick. Hi, thank you, Anna. Uh, it's really a pleasure to continue our day of science uh, with our colleague uh, Tsengming Zhang, Zhang, sorry, uh, from the Department of uh, Chemistry and Biochemistry. Um, I'll introduce him briefly and then, then we'll dive in. Um, so uh, Dr. Zhang um, is interested in environmental chemistry in the chemical impact uh, and risk assessment uh, and looking at environmental modeling. So those are the main three themes, but as we'll see, um, is involved in so, so much more uh, after a, a, a BSc in Environmental Sciences uh, from Peking University, um, MSc in Physical uh, Geography from the University of Toronto, uh, PhD in Chemistry, and eventually a, a postdoc at Harvard uh, University, uh, where I, I see you're ranked first uh, nationwide uh, for this competition. So congratulations uh, for that uh, NSERC postdoc a few years ago. Um, uh, Dr. Zhang also worked in industry uh, for a number of years before, uh, uh, before becoming a professor uh, as a scientific evaluator uh, at uh, the Pest Management and Regulatory Agency of Health Canada, and also a research associate at the Ontario Ministry of the Environment and he has been with us uh since May 2021 so very recently mid pandemic um dr zeng uh, joined us um with great enthusiasm and so 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 many projects um welcome uh, i've had the pleasure of uh visiting your lab earlier this uh, this fall um it was uh i have to say very exciting uh, there were so many things in there uh there was a tire, a car tire. Uh there there, there were various hoods and I was just I just sensed that we had entered into a world of possibilities and tinkering and, and and that you were working on so many things at the same time. Um could you could you maybe summarize what what mostly are you working on now?
0: Yeah, thank you, Patrick, for the introduction. So I'm glad to come here to share my research experience. And over the past few years, my experience at Concordia. So, mm-hmm. uh, so you said like my research focus. I'm an environmental chemist, and my research mainly focus on organic chemicals emitted to the environment and to the environmental processes, which include how the chemicals transport from the source regions to the uh, broader environment, including like a different scales, global scales uh, and uh, regional scales, and also uh, how the chemicals transforms in the environment. Because uh, like some of my previous research have uh, suggested that some of the environmental transformation products can pose uh, more risk like to uh, compare to the chemicals directly emitted to the environment so Mm -hmm. that's uh, my focus on the main focus is on the processes and also like some of my previous research also uh, related to the exposures to chemicals by the uh, um, like ecosystems and like human exposures from our uh, uh, ambient environments so that's a uh, my research focus um, on that so I currently my research goal is mainly to uh, like identify chemicals of uh, potential environmental concerns and characterize these uh, their sources like transport and transformation processes in the environment so that's my uh, research goals all the different individual projects like uh, uh, for fall on uh, falls under like uh, this umbrella
1: like okay. Uh, Right, and so so you're looking at the uh, chem- chemical um, as contaminants, uh, contaminants, but also what what is contaminating uh, certain chemical uh, um, uh, configurations. I guess um, there, there are 300,000, 350,000 commercial chemicals out there. Um, where do you start? <laughs>
0: Yeah. So as uh, you said, there are a lot of the chemicals produced like uh, for like uh, to serve certain functions of our modern societies, right. so like some use uh, in industry, some use in agriculture. So the modern society cannot be uh, go without uh, some of the functions that are provided by those chemicals. Right. But at the same time, so like uh, those chemicals like uh, inevitably can be released to the environment and like uh, the uh, the Well, there, there's a challenge to address such a large number of chemicals in terms of their like environmental, uh, exposures and risks so mm-hmm. my research uh address tried to uh address this like uh, using the from two ends so one end starting from the chemical inventories as you mentioned mm-hmm. those industry chemical inventories so uh, we uh because um over the past decades in the field of environmental chemistry so scholars through like uh scholars like uh, efforts or, like we have identified certain like a uh, uh, chemicals of environmental concerns so and so there's um so one approach i use is ba- based on that like uh, we use the computational model simulations and okay. to link like the chemical structures with the potential environmental hazards and to like uh, try to rank those large number of chemicals that's uh, produced and potentially released to the environment And then, like that's just one approach. Another approach I I, I've been taking is uh, based on the environmental monitoring using the high resolution mass spec and Chrome linked with uh, uh, both. Gas chromatography and liquid chromatography, the most mm-hmm. advanced uh, analytical techniques for analyze chemicals in the environment. So, so by analyzing the different environmental samples, so so in each uh, environmental samples we analyze, actually there can be like over ten thousand uh, of peaks. Um, some are unknown, like contaminants, some are uh, unknowns. So another like a uh, uh, approach I take is try to like uh, um the information from those instrumental analysis and rank those chemical uh, peaks in terms of their environmental uh, risk so that uh, we can just uh, uh, identify those chemicals with the potential con- uh, environmental concerns.
1: Right. Uh, so th- this is very potentially extraordinarily wide ranging. Um, can you give us an example? I'm thinking of that tire in your, in your lab. What would you do with that and how would you analyze this because you talked about uh, computer modeling, which I guess is in, in silo, uh, I forget how you how you call it, uh, but basically computer modeling from the, the chemicals that you see, uh, I guess, uh, emanating from uh, from the tire. Do you put it in the chamber? Do you let it out in, in, in nature? And how do you measure this and what do you compare it against?
0: So first, uh, the interest about the vehicle tires is uh, mainly attributed to uh, group of chemicals added as the rubber additives so many to serve the function of the uh as an antioxidant so protect the rubber from being oxidized by the ambient oxidants right so that's the um uh, the 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 initial initiative taking and uh uh, two years ago there was studies suggesting some of the Uh, chemicals like uh, originated from the tires Mm -hmm. have been suggest highly toxic to aquatic ecosystems. Okay. So, uh, but that was findings mainly related to the toxicity of these chemicals and for chemicals to pose the toxic effect. So there's a different environmental processes experienced by the chemicals. From the source, uh, which is the tire itself, and to the aquatic ecosystems. Mm -hmm. So currently, my main focus is on the air, atmospheric pathways for these chemicals, which hasn't been um, well addressed. So, so if we look at the chemicals starting from the tire itself, so Mm -hmm. the chemicals added to the materials. So the process involved includes first the chemicals can uh, tend to uh, can diffuse from the bulk materials to the the surface right. because it is the, uh, the surface where the uh, ambient oxidants in the atmosphere in contact with the rubber. So those chemicals added to the tires, antioxidants would uh, react, compete with uh, like the rubber material for those oxidants, absorb mm-hmm. the oxidants and react it. So uh, after the reaction, so currently in collaboration, like with some um, uh, our collaborators at Environment Canada, we've done a chamber testing on the transformation uh, kinetics. So that we, which will uh, um, help us to characterize, like the emissions, whether the emissions uh, is uh, the the chemicals added to the tires as antioxidant, antioxidants, right. or the just uh, the after the reaction, it's emitted to the environment. So, and also, like, currently, like, my research also, I uh, try to use compute uh, com- uh, computational modeling approach to mm-hmm. simulate the diffusion, like, uh, from the bulk material to the surface. And at the surface, the chemicals can diffuse to the atmosphere as a, in the gas phase. And they can also come to the ambient air as the tire wear particles. So mm-hmm. those are the different pathways that hasn't been well characterized, that we try to use the, this integrated approach, combining laboratory experiments, mm-hmm. computational modeling to better quantify those processes, which will be helpful Uh, for us to understand the emission factors from the tires and uh, linked to the ambient uh, environmental exposures uh, to these chemicals,
1: and so you use chambers the, 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 uh, to to measure this. I guess to have the conditions absolutely controlled. Uh, do you also have you have the in silico, as we mentioned, the computer generated models? You also have in situ, like just measuring the tire in, in the in a natural space, or is that is that uh, impossible because of constant changing variables?
0: Well, that is a bit uh, difficult to measure the like the cars in situ, like mm-hmm. uh, so. I've been thinking about that direction, like right. uh, but currently there are some like uh, uh, I think we start from the simple and uh, under laboratory conditions because under the real uh, environmental conditions there are like different oxidants, Absolutely. like. Uh, and so that is in order to just address the certain uh, scientific questions related to these processes mm-hmm. so we will start from the like uh, laboratory controlled conditions right. so once like we understand these individual processes we mm-hmm. can link yeah. it, like uh, to the actual real world environmental conditions like uh, mm-hmm.
1: And you mentioned, so, so various chemicals are added as antioxidants to, to, uh, to, to the tires in this case. And I'll, I'll stay with the tire because we've got a concrete uh, object here. Um, are those, uh, man-made, uh, anthro, uh, anthropogenic, uh, or are they natural? And I guess a follow-up question might be, uh, are we seeing the anthropogenic uh, chemicals, uh, being, m- Worse for our health, uh, more nefarious, or, or does it not really uh, matter?
0: Well, there are a lot of the anthropogenic chemicals that have been suggested pose uh, like a health risk like right. over the past uh, uh, two or three decades. So, so we- that
1: is, uh, that is uh, something we're seeing, yeah.
0: Yeah. So in the uh, in the old days, like uh, thirty years ago, like when the knowledge in environmental chemistry, environmental toxicity is not so well uh, like uh, developed. Like, uh, right. Um, so at that time, like a lot of chemicals produced. Like a, a good example, well-known example is the DDT, like mm-hmm. uh, the organochlorine pesticides. So they're like can have been posed uh, like causing a lot of uh, environmental health impact so those chemicals are what's so called uh, persistent organic pollutants they're very stable in the environments and are mm-hmm. not um, uh, and they can accumulate to the like a uh, food chains. so right so currently, like um, uh, based on uh, over the past uh, decades of the development, like in the understanding of the, uh, on the uh, link between the chemical structures and their environmental like uh, persistence and bioaccumulation potentials. So currently through, um, before productions, we can evaluate whether a is likely to have such uh, properties. Mm-hmm. So that's through the computational uh, chemistry and also through like a, some like a laboratory testing, like, so that is, uh, uh, that is, uh, now, like, I don't think like, um, because of this knowledge. So there's, um, less likelihood to. For the industry to come up with those highly persistent toxic chemicals like ddt but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that the like the chemistry uh, the um, the environmental impact like of all the chemicals produced has been eliminated so there are a lot of the new chemicals and um producing large quantities that Mm -hmm. have been like uh, each year like uh, the community like of environmental chemistry have identified some chemicals that. uh, causing potential environmental concerns.
1: Right, and so the, the elegant uh, chemi- chemical uh, solutions we found in the past uh, are, are, are turning out to be a bit more complex uh, uh, than, than we expected. And, and you're looking into this, you alluded just now to uh, some chemicals of, uh, of concern that are emerging. Could you tell us about some of them uh, that you're discovering and that you're interested in, in, in researching?
0: So chemical concerns, uh, what I mean, uh, uh, like the community mean, like chemical of environmental concerns means that that they are very highly stable in the environment. So Mm -hmm. not subject to like environmental degradation and that they can like have a high mobility. So that means they can spread out from the source and to the like a a larger scale, like the environment. And also they can bioaccumulate like to the food web, including to the human body and also the posing toxic effect. So those are like indicators are linked to uh, what we um, used to tell like if a chemical is is an environmental concerns. Mm -hmm. So my uh, research, so well, because like I Started screened like the uh, industry chemical inventories Mm -hmm. and also identify some chemicals that produce in certain parts of the world, like so that can um, have the structure similar to what we know that cause the environmental concerns. So that is one area like uh, my research focusing on the in chemical inventories and another uh, but the chemical inventory does not include the potential uh, transformation products of those chemicals that right. potentially release to the environment so another part of my work is to try to identify some potential, like, transformation products through uh, monitoring the, like, the environment, like in the air and uh, water. Like we take samples and analyze those samples and try to find, like, if there are some chemicals, like, mm-hmm. we don't know that that does not um, appear, like, in the chemical inventory, which can be uh, the transformation products of those chemicals right. that can may cause, like, uh, environmental
1: concerns. And do you will you follow a one or a certain set of chemicals throughout uh, its various permutations? Uh, air, the water treatment route, the agriculture, the food. How how do you follow that in, in your research? Or do you focus on one particular aspect?
0: Well, like uh, normally, like uh, we start the looking at the environmental monitoring data. So, mm-hmm. like uh, so, currently it's things uh, the. Two years ago, when I came to uh, Concordia, we have done some analysis for the ambient air samples and also the surface water samples. So as I mentioned earlier, like in each sample, there are like uh, over 10,000 of peaks that for us to evaluate. So we were using the different approach, try to like um, uh, rank those peaks in terms related to their potential environmental risk. And what's, and we're trying to, uh, we have, Identify some of the chemicals, like it can be some of the uh, potential transformation products mm. of the chemicals widely used. So uh, one example, like as currently uh, um, an undergrad student, like uh, based on the monitoring results, we find some of the high abundance of uh, some chemicals in the environment. So we uh we are like uh proposed the hypothesis that mm. for the origin of that chemicals, like we thought it's from a transformations like with a, of the chemicals in the ambient environment. So the students like it's doing like a, the labo- controlled laboratory studies to look at the transformation pathways and to, to uh, prove that transformation can actually happen like under uh, laboratory conditions. And then like uh, we'll eva- we will eva- evaluate the uh, the ambient environmental conditions to
1: right. So this is the next step. You're not doing that
0: yet. Right? That's right.
1: Okay, okay. Because I was I was wondering, how do you identify which samples uh, to to actually analyze, and, and do you, do you focus on uh, certain uh, chemicals per se or chemicals within the environment? And which environments would you would you be interested in studying?
0: Well, so currently my um, uh, my main focus right now, like, is on urban environments. So right. because so like Montreal. Uh, well, it's no, not, not restricted <laughs> to a certain locations, okay, but in yeah. general, the mm-hmm. urban environment, because of the urban environment. So, in the world, like over fifty percent of the popu- mm-hmm. global population live in the urban environment, yeah. and a lot of the materials used, like in the urban environments, so which uh, re- means that a lot of the chemicals emitted, like in the urban area, so from, for example, the traffic and also from the like uh, our like uh, like uh, the high rise condos the mm-hmm. materials used there and some of the like also a lot of the chemicals used as the personal care products get down to the sink and get to the wastewater treatment plants mm-hmm. so those are like uh, the my focus so the there are chemicals emitted to the air and also emitted to the to the w- ambient water through the, the wastewater effluent and also through the urban runoff. So especially now is our, well, like uh, the snow melting season. So That's currently, right. like uh, one, of my focus is on the snow, like because over the whole winter, like the snow, like you can see that some snow uh, pack, it uh, looks very, uh, uh, black like their black, black, black particles the <laughs> yeah so we have taken samples on the snow and many to like uh, try to like trace the chemicals and see like whether the snow melting like will give uh will release like mm-hmm. uh, some of the chemicals we are interested in like such as the tire wear chemicals like mm-hmm. to the ambient environment during the snow melting season
1: right because the i guess the chemicals are captured in the snow right. uh, released release partially over over time and and, and you, you can actually measure measure that that release i guess
0: that's okay. right so we try to see like the well at different uh, like a time periods like over the winter like mm. whether that Like the chemicals accumulate, like in the aged snow, like because the melting, like it's uh, in the springtime, it's uh, within a short period. So if there's chemicals, a lot of chemicals have accumulate in the snow. That means there will be a pause, like for the chemicals released to to the ambient aquatic environment. So that is currently like a. trying to measure, to estimate, like, by taking samples around the city, we try to uh, estimate, like, uh, for, uh, like, city with a given population, with a given mm-hmm. traffic um, densities, like, uh, what would be the release for the certain chemicals we're interested in.
1: Right, and you, you really am getting a sense that you have a, a very clear overview uh, of, of the place of chemicals in, in society and in the, in, in the world, uh, through, from its origins, its transformations, its unexpected results, all the way through the the, the various streams—if if I can use a, an image—through uh, the, the the food stream, but through uh, plastics, through through our, our, our lived uh, our lived experience, um, it's too much to do alone. Uh, how how do you how do you reach out to collaborators and? Who are some of the collaborators you're interested in in working with and what fields are they working
0: in yeah so like because uh environmental chemistry is really a, like interdisciplinary like right. subject okay. so so currently like i yeah so the the key to address some of the questions like in scientific questions in environmental chemistry is through uh integrated approach so which means like a uh, so in, for myself, I'm, I'm I have expertise on analytical like chemistry, so using the chromatography mass spec to analyze organic chemicals, and I also have some the expertise on the computational modeling. Mm-hmm. So, but currently, like uh, so, I'm trying to uh, because my research mainly focus on the like uh, processes like involving the within the inv- different environmental media, but for chemicals to pose risk. Like it's uh, the toxicity is uh, like is important factor, like, uh, like because of chemicals, there can pose like different uh, toxic effects right. through different modes of actions. So that is like not beyond uh, an area beyond my expertise. Mm-hmm. So I tend to like uh, seek collaborations in that area, like uh, related to uh, um, how the toxicity and related to the environmental processes which contribute to the environmental risk of chemicals and another area so currently like i'm also collaborating with uh like uh, scholars like uh in our like a uh, center for um Re- uh, Mole- uh, center of research in uh, molecular modeling mm, see so those, cho- yes. see uh, uh like a cerns like CIRM, uh, CIRM, right, CIRM, yeah. yeah so that's uh, uh so through collaboration with the geos we're trying to look at the pro- uh, specific transformation pathways using the quantum chemistry approach Okay. So to uh, evaluate whether some potential transformation products are likely to forms like under ambient environmental conditions and post like potential uh, environmental or health impact. Mm-hmm. So that's the the areas like uh, I'm like uh, expanding my research into through the collaborations and also. Um, and also, like, besides, like, internal collaborations, I also, like, collaborate with, uh, scholars, like, at, Environment and Climate Change Canada.
1: Right.
0: So to, like, uh, um, uh, through, for, for example, using some of the chamber experiment to study the chemical transformations uh, there and also, uh, be, uh, analyze samples through the, the, the environmental monitoring, existing environmental monitoring network, like, uh that, uh, uh, led by scholars like and collaborators at the Environment and Climate Change Canada. Okay,
1: and I, I noticed that uh, <clears throat> you you also have a cross appointment in geography, planning, and environment. Uh, what does that mean exactly? And, and what what possibilities of, of interactions, conversations, uh, and, and re- research interactions uh, uh, can, does this open up?
0: Yeah, so I got uh, cross-appointed to, uh, well, I applied to the, for the cross-appointment in mm-hmm. geography because I, uh, in my research, I use a lot of the, like, uh, techniques, approaches used in, like, a, a physical geography. For example, that I use the GIS to okay. try to link to the environmental monitoring results or computational modeling results, like right. on the, uh, large scales to, like, uh, land use or point sources, which can be, like, uh, the geo, uh, GIS, so uh, uh, geospatial information system would give a very helpful, like, uh, like uh, approach to address that, some of the questions to look for the sources of certain
1: chemicals. Right, so the students have that expertise. Uh, do you have students across uh, across departments in both departments? How does that work? Do you, do you bring them into a lab out at Loyola in chemistry, or or do you have two teams working uh, simultaneously?
0: Well, since I just uh, joined the geography right. like two months ago, so haven't yet. Okay. So, but uh, <laughs> like uh, in the future, like uh, that. Uh, some students mainly focus on the linked with the geospatial data mm-hmm. and to the environmental monitoring results. So that will, that's the students. There will be like a uh, recruited from the geography and planning. And right. also like another like, um, um, obj- uh, like aims like for like, uh, in- so the involvement with the for the uh with the cross appointment in geographies to like establish collaborations with the scholars in mm-hmm. the field of the like urban planning like physical geography like so that is uh um, because environmental science environmental chemistry is so related to the um, geology and hydrology like uh the uh, like it's also it's an interdisciplinary subject. So there's a yes. through the cross appointments I find there's a potential, like opens a lot of potentials for collaborations, like a, hmm. by putting expertise together to address the scientific questions.
1: That's fascinating. This is something you asked for. You saw this opportunity uh, and, and you can see this as being absolutely complementary to, uh, to your research program. And the way you the way you frame it. Uh, yeah, we can see we can see the research for the next 10 years mapping itself out. Um, what, what are some of the uh, big projects you're interested in now? Where do you uh, where do you want to place your energy? Well,
0: so currently I'm very interested um, uh, in the. T- transformation products of some of the well-known so, okay. so one uh goes is that some through some transformations produce the uh the new chemicals that can cause higher risk mm-hmm. so and on the other hand some of the transformations can produce the chemicals like we know well like as a secondary source mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. are two areas like i'm putting some of the efforts in like uh, so so to that how the what uh can we like um through the integrated approach, try to um, better characterize the variety of environmental transformations, and like uh, identify the most important environmental transformations in terms of, like uh, they're forming the secondary like uh, contaminants that right. pose elevated environmental risk. So that is one uh, like uh, area right. like I want to spend uh, uh, expand my efforts
1: into right. that. Is there one contaminant the contaminant that um, is of especially of concern to you that you feel we absolutely need to focus on this?
0: Well the chemicals like that is the chemicals I worked before so mm-hmm. currently like also like in it's a perfluoro echo substances. Mm-hmm. so that is a chemicals called like a forever chemicals. Like because they're in the not under natural environmental conditions, right. like no uh, degradations occurs like okay. in the ambient environment. So they so the, a lot of the chemicals being released, being used. Like um, and for some of the most uh, toxic uh, compounds, like uh, with, with the name of the PFOS. Mm-hmm. So that has been, been banned. Like the the source have been eliminated in North America, like for almost uh, twenty years. But so we still see a lot of those chemicals, like They're in the ambient environment. Yeah. So that is uh, can uh, one pathways to for those chemicals to to show up, like in the environmental like uh, media, like uh, through the transformation some of the precursor compounds, which has not been well addressed uh, earlier, like uh, so right. that can act as a secondary source to that chemicals. So that is the chemicals of uh, uh, special concerns right now.
1: Okay so this that's uh, yeah daunting the forever chemicals uh so so we have to find solutions for this right we we've we've produced them we've liberated them and they're there forever uh are there ways to counter this are there ways by using chemistry against uh, th- those forever chemicals that we can address this uh is this even possible?
0: Well, the, to address, because that is just one of the such chemicals. Right. Like in our daily life, we're facing a lot of the chemicals that Feeling have, more, yeah. yeah, people have raised the concerns mm-hmm. about their, like, environment, potential environmental risk. So the way to address is through the working together uh, between the academia, like mm-hmm. the different stakeholders, like, for example, the science, like driven. Uh, so what, uh, like when the, uh, like, for example, in my research and in the research in environmental chemistry, mm-hmm. so the scholar identify the issues of the certain chemicals and then influence the policy making and also like interact with the industries reaching to like a alternative of the chemicals. So that is the current uh, the approach, like to uh, that has uh, been um, what well, we have been taking, like the society have been taking to address some of the issues. But uh, there's also some limitations in that approach, like because like uh, first, like for the science, like to get in uh, like, uh, the scientific knowledge for certain like uh, compounds and their environmental processes and risk, it takes time. Right. And also like for the regulations and takes time and also like, a, and also like a, the industry, sometimes they tend to like when one chemical is bent, they will tend to switch to alternatives. Hmm. But the alternatives and a lot of the cases, the alter- the alternatives to replace some of the chemicals produced known to have the environmental risk is, n- is not that um, better compared to the, but it takes, it's so we ha- we're facing the, just this uh, endless like a loop like uh, like, so that's i think that to better address these issues is to like uh, um, as the one of the like uh, un sustainable development goals uh, suggest the collaboration so that is the partnership, like between the different stakeholders, like in academia, like in the government industry, only like if the uh, different stakeholder work together, like I think can these uh, problems be solved a like, like quickly, like in the like timely um, uh, fashion, like to reduce the potential exposures of the toxic chemicals by the general public.
1: Absolutely, and you've had this experience in, in government both the, provincially and, and federally, so you see how it works there and what they're receptive to in terms of the science. Um, have you Have you engaged with industry in the same type of way? Uh, yet
0: um, Well, currently like uh, I, ha- I don't have direct like interaction with mm-hmm. the industry, so only through some like a uh, like exchange like, right. like uh, opinion exchange. Yeah so but uh, like that is also uh, the one area so like i too uh, aims to expand like to like uh, like uh, make the connections and work on the areas like of, of common interest because the industry also like uh, really like uh, need to put a lot of attention to potential environmental hazard mm-hmm. and risk of the product they produced because that uh, it would influence the profit like it's uh, uh, mm-hmm. it's related to the uh, um, well, depends on the if it's regulated that they have to find alternatives to uh, as a replacement for their products serving right. certain functions. So that is, they also like have a, uh, as I know, they have normally like those big uh, chemical manufacturers, they have a branches um, doing like environmental chemistry study and toxicity. There's a potential to establish collaborations uh, there. Mm-hmm.
1: I was, uh, as I was reading through uh, your research and summaries, obviously, um, I was curious to know um, how you teach and what you teach, who you teach to, especially since you're both in chemistry, biochemistry, and and geography, uh, planning, and environment. Um, And I noticed you had developed this course called Chem uh, 283, Air, Water, and Soil Processes. And as I started reading the description, I thought, This is like the everything class. It's environmental chemistry writ large. Can you tell us a bit about that and and what impact this has on the students as well?
0: Yeah, so that CAM 283. Uh, it's called Air, Water, Soil Processes. Basically, it's an introduction to environmental chemistry for mm-hmm. the environmental science and sustainability uh, programs. So that course, like, actually was uh, originally developed by Dr. Greg Koss. And mm-hmm. I just uh, currently i am uh, continually uh, updating that to the... Uh, and i'm also like uh, uh, taking the responsibility of uh, delivering that course so i really like enjoyed teaching that course because we touch like a lot of different areas like in environmental chemistry related to the students uh, daily life so for example we talk about the air pollutions like Mm -hmm. in like urban areas so which can be linked to some of the news articles like related to the 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 air pollution events so when there's a air pollutions so like uh exceeding certain threshold the like the the montreal like a, like a will like issue a certain like a guidelines mm-hmm. for the like for example stop like wood burning right. a stove like that type of related to their daily life and uh, and last summer i also worked with the students like in that class and also a graduate students so this is a uh an, an initiative like a, like a start uh, with um like center for teaching and learning at Concordia University mm-hmm. it's called sustainability co-design project so the idea is by um like uh um through the partnership like between like the instructor the students and also the the profession uh, uh, professionals at the center for teaching and learning so we try to enhance the sustainability components right. in the class oh, okay. so the uh, we take different strategies one strategies is to link mm-hmm. like the topics that i am teaching like in this course to their daily life so mm-hmm. currently like a uh, at the beginning of each uh, lecture so we always analyze uh, news articles over the past uh, like a uh, re a uh, very recent news articles so for example this semester we touch about the chemicals that release due to the like the train derailment derailment mm-hmm. like in the Ohio like uh so whether it's a concerns like what concerns can comes from and also like some of the chemicals like recently detected in our toilet papers. So we all like discuss the Topics that are related to their like uh, the their daily life, the news like they they will uh, see or listen, and also the some of the the products they use in our their daily life mm-hmm. through this approach. So I think it's uh, it would be effective to link to, like the, the the contents of this course to the sustainability development goals and right. to enhance the students like uh, knowledge in the sustainability uh, development goal.
1: Hmm. and i guess you you get interesting questions and concerns from the students in this course but also in, you know, through, throughout your your various uh, courses and seminars um, what, what are the principal concerns that come up what what, what questions are your students asking you to uh, to dive into with that
0: Oh, well. So, for example, recently we talk about the disinfection process for drinking water. So because of the, uh, some of the disinfection for drinking water using chlorine. So the mm-hmm. chlorine, so can forms a lot of the chlorinated compounds as a disinfection byproducts. So some of those disinfection byproducts. Byproducts can be a health concerns. So we're talking about that. So the students like it becomes like a worried, like, a, or like a curious on what they can do to reduce like exposures to those uh, uh, disinfection byproducts for from for in drinking water that's um, uh, in which like the, the, the treatment is using the chlorine for the treatment.
1: Okay. And does this create some eco-anxiety in, in, in students? But uh, no, no. I try doors,
0: to, like, yeah. uh, all the, like, uh, topics, because it's a science course, I mm-hmm. always highlight that it's uh, all the topics have to be uh, science-based. Like, so we mm-hmm. talk about the science behind right. that. So all the, like, risk comes, like, from the exposures and uh, toxicity. So for that, it's not, uh, I'm not trying to... Uh, just uh, give the students the science backgrounds behind those topics. We uh, we don't touch like whether like uh, like the because the um, I don't want that is not my goal to right. give the students like the anxiety like for for that issue. We also like uh, in, in contrast, we actually analyze some of the news article that mm-hmm. uh, sort of exaggerate like on certain e- environmental issues. Okay. We talk about the science like behind that right. and whether like, so in the end, the students uh, understand why like uh, like that's uh, some news articles like uh, is like a uh, sort of exaggerate like the concerns of the, of the certain environmental issues.
1: Right, so you're giving the students tools to basically understand, analyze, and eventually your your chemistry students uh, find solutions. Um, yeah, that's the goals issues. for yeah.
0: In the, yeah. That's my teaching goals is to let the students have the enough the science like a uh, scientific knowledge and to tell like uh, because there are so much information,s they come across like in the news media, in their social media. Some are not uh, like a. Uh, um, well, the, the science behind some of the information is not, uh, is incorrect. So my goal is, is to let the students have this fundamental science related to the uh, environmental chemistry so that they can tell, like, a, uh, and uh, uh, make a correct, like, a, well, correctly interpret the information they come across.
1: This this has been a a great introduction to the uh, world of environmental uh, chemistry Zhang Zangmin Zhang. You've uh, really given us a lot to to think about. Um, I'm now acutely aware of um, how I'm breathing and every chemical in this room, Um, but not too nervous about it because I know people like you and and your students and your colleagues are are looking into this. You've been here two years, uh, almost two years at Concordia, and already you've done so much. This is very exciting, exciting work. And thanks for sharing this with us.
0: Thank you. If you have an idea for a podcast, please let us know. You can contact us by email at info.four at concordia.ca or find us on social media at CU 4 All social media is managed by Jacqueline Wexler. This episode of the Fourth Space podcast is hosted by me, Maximus Delmar, and produced by Anna Vaclavek and Douglas Moffat. Editing by myself, Douglas Moffat, and Chanel Lees-Marshall. Additional thanks to Supercontinent for providing our theme music. Thanks for
1: listening.